Welcome everyone to the Pro Football Doc NFL Podcast. I'm Tom Casale with Pro Football Doc David Chow. Doc, it's the wild card round. We did it. We made it through the regular season and man did we end with a bang on that Chargers Raiders game. Absolutely phenomenal. Almost ended in a tie. What'd you think about it, Doc? Well, Thomas, not only is it wild card weekend, it's super wild card weekend, yep. right? I mean, uh, first one ever, first week 18, first super wild card weekend. Uh, Saturday, two games, Sunday, three. Now a Monday night football game. And uh, we're, we're excited that uh, Chargers Raiders game, boy, <laughs> that was interesting. Lots of back and forth. But uh, all uh, the boys and I, we all stayed up late. We we actually have the uh, field views and six scores for all the playoff teams up already in matchups. Uh, it's playoffs, so everybody, everybody's on their game. Yeah, and everyone, uh, listen, go to sixscore.com. We're going to cover all the injuries on the website. Here on the podcast, we're going to focus mainly on playoffs. We're going to look forward. But still, Taysom Hill, all the big injuries from this past week, we have it covered at sixscore.com. And remember to follow us on Twitter, at ProFootballDoc, and subscribe here to all our videos. So, Doc, let's get into it. Um, I think the story of the weekend and the story moving forward, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, came into the week with the thumb injury. The I, I know we didn't think he was going to play, but he, he got some help with that thumb. I think they made a lot of adjustments in that game for him. We saw him struggling early. Uh, give us your thoughts on Jimmy G's thumb this past week and how it's going to look this weekend against the Cowboys. Well, let me just get it out there right now. Yes, I did not believe there was any way that Jimmy G was 100%. And based on that, based on in 2019, Drew Brees needing surgery and missing six weeks, I believe that it would be very difficult for him to play, and I thought they would have to start Trey Lance. Let me say, first of all, on that basis, of course, I have to take the L. He started, he played, and they got a victory. But if you really look, and we'll get into it, credit goes to Jimmy G. Credit goes to Kyle Shanahan in changing the game plan. We have plenty of examples of where his thumb was not right. And it took a halftime injection to turn it around and numb it up. I'll, I'll, as we look forward to next week, let me make you this promise. I guarantee you Jimmy G will start the game with an injection. I mean, there was a tale of two halves there. The other thing, and, and good job by the athletic trainers and the spike of tape, but one thing I'll tell you, and we'll go over Jimmy G a little bit here, I'm sure, in, in look, the good news, the, he played and they won. The good news is he will be a week healthier. The bad news, there is still no way Jimmy G will be 100% on that thumb. If you let it heal, it's minimum six weeks healing. This will be week four. It's better and better every week. That's good news. With the numbing and the way they figured out how to tape and splint it, good news. But you can't expect normalcy and 100% Jimmy G. Well, Doc, let me ask you. I mean, listen, you know I'm a Cowboys fan. Cowboys 49ers gets the old juices flowing. So I want to ask you from a strategic standpoint. Now that we've seen Jimmy G play, and as we as we said, they've changed a game plan for him, can, does that advantage Cowboys defense? Because they can kind of play those short passes and make them throw deep, right? Well, look, I'm quite sure Dan Quinn and the Cowboys are going to come up with something. I'm sure, quite sure 
any team that plays another team and sees something in the week before. This is where I've been an advocate, and you and I have talked about it. You know, you have season-long analytics for tendencies of another team, and you have week-to-week scouting and pro player personnel guys and advanced team scouting. I think injury analytics is a big thing. In a given week, what routes can this wide receiver Mm -hmm. run based on their injuries? In a given week, how is the left tackle vulnerable given the injuries? In a given week, what might Jimmy G do? Uh, And now, Kyle Shanahan, great job. I love John Lynch as well. They, They got the victory. Now it's up to them to say, are we doing the same thing again, or how do we change things? But the good news is, of course, the Cowboys are going to scout this game, right, heavily based on what it is, and and it was a different game plan. Now, the next, so they're going to have a chess move, and Kyle Shanahan is going to have a chess move. Do we just do the same thing and do it better? Do we give different looks, or do we change a couple of things up? Okay, and, you know, the other thing, Doc, too, I think should be mentioned is, that second half really changed when the Niners started running the football. I mean, they came out with a mentality, we're going to shove it down the Rams' throat. They started getting chunks on the on the ground, and that started opening more things up in the passing game. So, you know, that also helped Jimmy G, I think. Yeah, and, and there's no question. It was a tale of two halves. And, you know, how much credit goes to the run game versus the numbing injection. The numbing injection makes it less painful for him to throw, but it doesn't improve the stability any. And it's it's up to see. I mean, uh, I know you showed me earlier, I'm sure, the, the passing charts, how they're different. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, and clearly we have a half a dozen examples of where the grip affected him. Okay, and we'll get we're going to go through all the games, Doc, with our six scores that we have up for every wild card game. Just a couple other injuries I want to get your thoughts on first. Um, another obviously main quarterback got hurt at the end of that game. Uh, Matthew Stafford kind of hurt his foot, um, and I remember during the game, Doc, I said to you. The Rams had a chance to win the game by getting seven yards on third down. They get the first down game over, and they ran the ball to Sony Michelle. I thought that was kind of weird. Maybe it was just a conservative play call. But did you? Stafford was limping around there pretty good at the end. Any reason for us to be worried with him moving forward against the Cardinals this week? Well, yeah, we'll address that in, in in the command center. Right, we talked about it. I was saying what I look. If, if, if Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and company can, can opine on injuries or report on injuries, I can talk a little football, right? Give us a little latitude here. In real time, I was saying, you get the first down, you win the game, right? So what I would do, now you can't roll out Matt Stafford ever, much less with this thing, but I'd say, let him throw the ball. Give him one target that if it's open, you throw it. If not... Take the sack. Mm-hmm. You've got a great punter. You're, where they were on the field, it wasn't going to matter if you lost eight yards. Take a chance to win the game instead of that handoff that wasn't going to work, especially with the time. I think everyone was playing for the potential run. I think you wanted to try and win the game there because that a seven-yard pass and you win. Uh, and uh, But back to Stafford's toe. Uh, the video that we saw on Stafford uh, in-game – Six score and Sports Injury Central and my Twitter, that's a right turf toe injury on Matt Stafford. You see him get landed on the back of the right heel with the toe, what we call dorsiflexed and jammed, 
and that is a turf toe injury. And there was a quick shot on the sideline later where he had it taped. He was limping some, no question. But here's the thing. If this were Jalen Hurts, I'd be very concerned. Even if this were Dak Prescott, I'd be somewhat concerned. I'm concerned about the injury, but Matthew Stafford isn't mobile anyways. And he has a strong arm, so he doesn't need to push off that much to throw and and push the ball downfield. I think his sixth score will be slightly lower, but it's not going to be lowered significantly. Another example wasn't a turf toe, but it was a uh, list, uh, uh, a significant foot, foot injury last year. Actually, it was a turf toe on the other foot, now that I think of it, uh, on Phillip Rivers for the Colts. He wasn't practicing all week, but his gameplay was fine. They, they made it into the divisional round, right? I mean, because once again, a pocket guy with a good arm, uh, that's different than someone who needs to be mobile as part of their game. Stafford does not, has never been. He's Philip Rivers-ish. I guess he's way more mobile than Philip, my friend. But still, you don't want him out of the pocket. Yeah, and Doc, so we you gave us Stafford. I want to go to another Rams player because I, I literally laughed out loud. Uh, Cam Akers made his return, right? And I was literally reading tweets that told me how good Cam Akers was looking, and then I hear your voice come out and say he doesn't have the same explosion. So I always find that the most interesting for me is your your take compared to what fans are seeing. So let's break down Cam Akers here. Uh, what did you see from him? Obviously, he was healthy enough. He's back, but you don't think he's still 100%. Is that correct? Uh, correct. And even in-game, you can see where he doesn't make a powerful cut off the right side, the right Achilles. You see that the little underneath uh, pass play, he doesn't make a powerful cut. He makes better cuts on the left side with his left foot and leg. On the right side, they're average cuts at best. There's not Cam Akers. Congratulations to Cam Akers. Great job on his part. Great job of the Rams. The guy is an NFL running back. And he did not embarrass himself out there. Awesome. He's not the Cam Akers of old right now. Look, when every time the game was important there, they had Sony Michelle in there. They needed to see what Cam Akers could do. Because if Daryl Henderson isn't making it back or Sony Michelle gets hurt, they need to know what they have. And this is what this was about here to see. And I think they know what they have right now. They have a capable NFL running back, but he's not Cam Akers. I still say for Rams fans, if he's getting 15 or 20 touches, that's bad news. That means Henderson and Sony Michelle, right now, today, the better players based on injury and recovery aren't available. So congratulations, but you have to temper expectations a little bit. Okay, and that'll all be baked into our six scores at sixscore.com. Well, Doc... I'm really excited today because we have the six scores out for all the games, and we're going to go through them, and we can kind of explain to people a little bit what it means. 
Um, so the let's start on the on the Saturday games. Our two Saturday games, we don't have huge differences. Uh, the Bengals are a six-point favorite at home against the Raiders. Our six score has 85.8 health for the Bengals and 80 for the Raiders. And just so everyone knows out there, if you're new, the higher the six score, the better. So these two teams are both pretty healthy entering the entering the postseason, Doc. And obviously, based on the Bengals' six score, we don't think Joe Burrow is going to be limited, correct? Yeah, I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be limited at all. I think he's going to be fine, which is uh, good news. I think he could have played Week 18, but why? Uh, look, the Bengals treated it as a bye week, and they still almost beat Cleveland. The Bengals did a mini version of what the Eagles did, right? Use the player call-ups. I think they had eight practice squad call-ups based on COVID and, and otherwise. And and uh, Joe Burrow, I think, is fine. Joe Mixon, obviously, was a COVID. They, they could have been activated to play in the game, but they decided not to, to have more roster flexibility. So I think that was very strategic on the part of the Bengals. Joe Mixon will be fine. It was his right knee. It wasn't his ACL knee. They even rested T. Higgins. I think it's a well-rested Bengals team as you uh, take on potentially a, a tired Raiders team that has to uh, travel, right? That was a big uh, emotional game. So uh, there's only a five-point overall six-score difference. Um, defensively, uh, there might be a little advantage uh, for the Bengals' offense. Okay, and Doc, as a better, let me explain how I use this stuff. See, I actually, I'm going the opposite of you. I already bet the Raiders plus the six points. I like to take teams coming into the playoffs riding a high against one that maybe took a week off. I think the six points is good. But as a better, I look at this, and before I make my play, I say, okay, I like the Raiders, and I don't see any significant health problems with them. So that that's how these can be useful. If you told me the Raiders had, had a lot of health issues in the secondary, I'm probably not going to bet them, right? So... Being able to use these numbers as a part of what you're going to bet is helpful. It's not the end all. We don't say it's the end all. Like, you know, you just right there, Doc and I kind of disagreed. Doc said the Raiders might be a little tired. I say they're riding high. We'll see what happens on Saturday. And, 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 and look, here's what I'm saying. All I know is injuries and health. Yeah. And I do have some insider knowledge about the uh, NFL, not insider information. I am not a better a gambler. I am not a tout. You know, we've looked at if you just go by injuries, we've had a reasonable percentage over the last two years in some of these, quote, picks. I'm not a tout. I'm not trying to pick. I think you're absolutely right. You have to make your own decisions. It's just one factor. It's where you don't have to do a lot of research, and you can click and see very quickly. If you love a team and they're far more the healthier team and you love a play, Maybe you want two or three units on that play. If you don't, if it goes against you, maybe you only go half a unit or decide to change your mind. I don't know. And and that's right. You're, you're saying it exactly, Thomas. I'm not trying to give any picks. I'm just trying to give pure injury information. It's one factor in the equation of what goes on. And there's all sorts of interpretations of it, too. And later on, I'm sure we'll get to, for example, right here, 
the Bengals' run offense maybe is a little healthier than the and then the Raiders run defense. And maybe there are prop plays to be had. There's over-under information in there. So I would encourage people to look at it and study it, use the hover view, and make your own decisions. Like, I don't gamble. I'm in California. I'm not in a legal gambling state. I don't do offshore. I don't do any gambling uh, at all. I comply with the laws of the state. I'm just trying to give injury information. Yeah, well, hey, I'm in New York, and we're rolling now, baby. We just got it this weekend, so I was able to take the Raiders plus the six. Doc, our next game, which uh, I know a lot of people have interest in, we have this pretty much dead even, and both teams coming in healthy. Uh, The Patriots, 88.86 score, Buffalo, 88.1. The spread on this game right now, Bills minus four. I think that'll be interesting. I think people are going to bet the Patriots as an underdog with Bill Belichick. Two injuries I want to discuss, though, on the Patriots' side, Doc, and to see if this could move the score at all. Left tackle Isaiah Wynn with a right ankle. Belichick says he's hopeful. (laughs) Christian uh, Barrymore, uh, the defensive tackle, key cog in that line, uh, injured his knee. MRI came back clean. Belichick says he's hopeful. (laughs) They'll have him. So uh, what do you see with these two players? Let me make a bold prediction here. They're both going to be listed as questionable. <laughs> I, Shocker. I, I, they, I, I will, they and a dozen or 15 yes. other players on the Patriots. <laughs> right? I mean, but by video, Isaiah Wynn, there was only one view, and it was blocked by bodies, but it looks like a high ankle sprain. Milder version. He played two more plays and then exited the game. Um If he can play, I think you have to look at his effectiveness. Uh, And there are ways that the uh, Bills can attack that. As far as Barrymore is concerned, that's a knee contusion. I don't expect there to be an ACL tear. It's just a matter of function. I'm more optimistic on Barrymore playing than Wynn. We'll have to see. I think what you'll see is LP, LP, LP for both those guys and questionable. Right, the uh, the old uh, uh, hide the bacon shell game in terms of what's going on. But I'm more iffy on win than I am on Bearmore. Of course, you have to look at overnight swelling. And yeah, I mean that. I mean we all remember that game where the Patriots didn't run, the, didn't throw the ball at all in Buffalo. Uh, we'll see what they do this time, huh? Yeah, and Doc, uh, we have uh, we ranked all the teams based on health at sixscore.com. You can go and read the articles for both the NFC and the AFC, and these are two of the healthiest teams coming in the playoffs. And that's where you want to be, right? You don't uh, things will decide the game, turnovers, coaching decisions, but you want to come in as healthy as possible, and that's where both these teams are right now, heading into Saturday's game. So, Doc, the game I'm dying to talk about, I know my son, who's an Eagles fan, is doing (laughs) backflips. Our biggest discrepancy in health is the Eagles at 88.3 compared to the Buccaneers at 74.1. That's a big edge for the Eagles, who are an eight-point underdog in this game. And again, talking about betting, that's what we're saying. If you like the Eagles plus the points, we're telling you they have a health edge. So that maybe just adds to your handicap. So, Doc, the Bucks with a ton of injuries coming into the postseason, who do you think is going to play out of that group? I know Bruce Arians talked on Monday, was kind of all over the place, uh, Levante David, Leonard Fournette. Um, who do you think has the best chance of suiting up? Well, it's the playoffs, so everyone's going to try, right? But 
one thing I'd say is our in-season stuff often shows more injury mismatches. Yes. I mean, is anyone shocked that once you get to the playoffs, the teams are on the healthier side, right? I mean, you you get there because you're healthier. Although the Bucks have been unlucky that they've had the late season downturn in terms of injuries. So offensively, we know Chris Godwin's out for the season with an ACL. Thankfully, Mike Evans seems to have returned nicely from the hamstring. And he did have a scare with a, quote, ulnar nerve elbow funny bone injury, and we tweeted on it that he would be fine. He did return and catch a touchdown. He got hit right on the funny bone right here on the elbow, had an abrasion there. I think he will be fine. Of course, we know AB, you know, all that saga. Uh, their other slot receiver has a hamstring issue. Uh, Leonard Fournette is said to return maybe this week. I'm not 100% sure based on his fairly significant proximal hamstring. Obviously, Ronald Jones' ankle. Gio Bernard's out for the season. There are some issues at the skill positions other than quarterback for Tampa. Defensively is the biggest worry of all. I get Vita Vea's healthy and he got his big contract. JPP's been nursing that shoulder all year. I have no doubt that he will try and play. Uh, Levante David, there were two reporters this morning, one that said he that Bruce Arians said he's ready to go and one that said he was the most iffy guy of all. So it was a foot injury. Uh, I think he's going to play. Will he be able to be sideline to sideline with the foot injury is the question. Shaq Barrett, uh, they're hopeful of playing, but if he really had a partial ACL as well as the MCL, I'm dubious that he'll be himself. So there are some key injuries defensively for the Bucks. So, yes, the Eagles, now you don't like this, I know, rested, right? Our little COVID gamesmanship theory. They had 12 guys on Monday that tested positive for COVID because they volunteered to test their vaccinated players. All 12 could have come off, of, but only one did, and it was Jason Kelsey. And that's what led to our saying the, the Cowboys – should be able to roll they because the Cowboys may have wanted to rest players, but they didn't have the practice squad call-ups to rest. So besides the, quote, COVID guys and Fletcher Cox and Jordan Howard and Boston Scott and Dallas Goddard that were all rested, that enabled, with all the call-ups, it enabled them to rest Jason Kelsey, essentially, except for the one snap. Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson, Derek Barnett, Darius Slayer. They could rest all these guys. Now, you don't love that. I, I get that, but... Uh, that's kind of they're well rested and, and much healthier going in versus Tampa, and so we'll see what happens. But yeah, that definitely is one of the bigger six score mismatches or differentials uh, of this super wild card weekend. Yeah, Doc, and our biggest discrepancy in this game is the Bucks offense rush offense, which is fifty two point eight, compared to Eagles rush defense at ninety point seven. Not that anybody needs an excuse to bet Tom Brady, but if Fournette is not 100% or doesn't come back, Brady is going to throw the ball a lot in this game, and, I, and that's where the Eagles have struggled this year in pass defense. I mean, if you're looking for a prop, I think win or lose, Tom Brady has a big day throwing the football against this Eagles defense, and that's kind of what our, our sixth score is suggesting as well. And that's, that's interesting because, you know, look – the, in the mean, meaningless Week 18 game, that's where we got our Sports Center shout-outs from saying mm-hmm. the six scores or whatever. And, you know, it was a, the line was three and a half. You know, it was a close line, four, five, whatever it was. And the Cowboys, especially in the second half, cruised by 25. 
based on all the rest. And so the Eagles are rested. So rest versus rust. Here's a classic game for that argument. We'll let it play out. Yep. And let's move on to the next game, the main event on Saturday, the Dallas Cowboys versus the San Francisco 49ers. Cowboys, three-point home favorite, um, you know, Odds makers think this is a dead even game. Cowboys playing at home, getting a little, a couple points in the spread. Um, one of the things I think is interesting here is, Doc, we rank the Cowboys as the healthiest team entering the playoffs at 92.3. The Niners have a pretty good six score themselves, 80.9, but because of the Cowboys' high score, we give them around a 12 point edge in this game. We talked about Jimmy G. Um, do you see any kind of mismatches in this game, or is it just that the Cowboys don't really have many injuries entering the postseason? Well, the Cowboys have gotten healthier into the postseason, right? The return of Demarcus Lawrence is huge, and they will have Mika Parsons back, and they're they're kind of close to full strength. Ezekiel Elliott uh, is is ready to go, and they're kind of full strength. The 49ers have gotten healthier, including Jimmy G. They've got some defensive stars back and this secondary back. That is going to be a tough game, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Juan may be on the line of scrimmage. The Cowboys' main injury is, I think, Tyron Smith, the left tackle, is still not 100% with his ankle bone spurs that might need surgery at the end of the season. That's going to be, I mean, who, who can dominate the line of scrimmage? Yeah. That, that's big boy football right there, San Francisco versus Dallas. And we talked about it. Look, uh, uh, what does Kyle Shanahan up his sleeve this week? Look, if it's the same thing and Jimmy G doesn't make a big jump and, and we think he's going to be somewhat similar, the Cowboys have the blueprint, right? I mean, uh, can can Bill Belichick just bring the Patriots into Buffalo and have the same we're not throwing the ball game plan and win? I don't know. I think once it's on film, there it's chess. There's always a counter move. Yeah, and Doc, you know, again, we're giving you, you made a good point about Buffalo. I live a few hours away from Buffalo. I can tell you today it is minus 15 degrees outside. You cannot even step outside. We are in a huge uh, cold spell here. It's supposed to be very cold for that Bills game. So, again, those are other factors that come into play beyond health. But I think the Cowboys game is interesting because I think if the 49ers run the football, they're going to win. Uh, they can keep the Cowboys' offense off the field. They can wear down that defense. We have the Niners at a pretty high six score for rush offense at 94-1. We give the Cowboys' rush defense 91.8. So that defense is going to have to step up and stop that run, I think. But no real edges hardly anywhere in this game, whether it's the spread, the, the, the variables, the health. This is just going to be a good football game, I think. So, Doc... The the Pittsburgh Steelers, they they got into the playoffs. That's the good news. The bad news is they got to go to Kansas City and face the Chiefs. Uh, odds makers aren't giving the Steelers much of a chance here. Chiefs 13-point favorites at home. We're not giving them much of a chance. Uh, we have the Steelers as our second lowest six score at 78.7, and the Chiefs very healthy at 89.5. I don't know, Doc. I, this looks like blowout to me. Uh, what are you seeing on the Steelers in terms of health? Well, you know, everything starts and ends with Big Ben. And, and look, congratulations. He gets to play another game. But I don't think you can beat Father Time and turn back the clock, especially in the cold. Najee Harris, I think, will play, even though he subluxed his elbow and will wear a brace. 
Um, and so that, I guess, is, uh, is good news. But overall, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Chiefs are clearly the healthier side. It was huge that Orlando Brown uh, didn't really miss time and could return from that one-week absence with the calf. That really stabilizes the offensive line. The defense is relatively healthy. I mean, look, we all know Patrick Mahomes hasn't had the complete Mahomes magic, but uh, I think the Chiefs are healthy. Tyreek Hill, his heel issue, I think, is a essentially non-issue. You play wide receiver on the balls of your feet. I think he could have played more in Week 18. They just said they didn't need him or didn't want him to. Travis Kelsey, his hip's a little sore. It's football. It's playoff football. I don't see them missing any time going forward. And I do believe that they've been waiting for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to come back for the playoffs. And I believe he will be back there and Darnell Williams as well. So, you know, once again, headed towards health in the playoffs is a good thing. And you're right, the Chiefs are are healthy. The Steelers are banged up, including this, and especially defensively. Um, and uh, so uh, it's going to be a tough one for Pittsburgh. Congratulations, you're in the playoffs, but you got to play the Chiefs. Yeah, Doc, and one of the things I look for is a better that I'm looking at right now that uh, makes me like the Chiefs even more with the six scores. The Chiefs don't have a great defense, but what they do have is an aggressive defense that can shut down bad offenses. They've done that throughout the season. Um, I, I don't think the Steelers have a great offense right now. And what I'm looking at right here is the Chiefs are extremely healthy on the defensive side of the ball. 92.3 against the run, 92.9 against the pass. That's telling me they don't have any injuries on the defensive side. I think everyone being there they'll be able to shut down Pittsburgh score enough points you don't like to lay too many in the playoffs but to me given what I think and given the six scores I, I think this is an easy win by the Chiefs this weekend well doc we got one more game on the docket this is going to be a good one it's the first Monday night wild card uh, game so uh, they saved what uh, should be a pretty high scoring game I think on paper the Rams and the, and the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams, a four-point home favorite, but as we saw this week, who knows if that's going to be home or not. Uh, they, there was about 80% 49er fans there on Sunday. But the Rams, this, is, this one's tight. Right down, Rams 84.3, Cardinals 84.2. You can't get any closer than that for a six-score, Doc. Any, I know we talked about Stafford and Cam. We talked about Cam for the Rams. We talked about Stafford for the Rams. Uh, James Conner, rib injury left in the fourth quarter for the Cardinals, and Chase Edmonds didn't play. I think both play. It's the playoffs. They'll have 1A, 1B as options. Uh, Dondre Hopkins is not going to be there, and I don't care how far the Cardinals go. He's done for the season. Uh, but they did get Zach Ertz. They've got some firepower there. Um, and this is going to be a good, good matchup. Uh, you know, health-wise, they're about even. Uh, they know each other well. Uh, it's the third time they're playing this year. Um, it, it, it should be a fun one. Yeah, and there's not too many edges we see in health. Uh, the biggest one is the Cardinals' rush offense at 89.6 against the Rams' rush defense at 75.6. 
So based on health, uh, you know, we're looking at the Cardinals being able to run the football a little bit. That's where the Rams have had some weaknesses this year. We saw it against the 49ers on Sunday. So that'll, and listen, this is, again, like the Cowboys game, we're trying to give you a little advantage on health, but this is a dead-even game between two good teams, probably be decided by turnovers, coaching decisions. Um, we don't see a huge, uh, huge edge either way, health-wise. So, Doc, before we sign off, um, for, for Wild Card Weekend. Uh, let's just touch on the whole COVID situation and how you think it's going to affect the playoffs moving forward. Let's take a team like the Buffalo Bills, okay? Because we know the quarterback, Josh Allen, is unvaccinated, okay? Now, you got a guy like me who bet months ago 500 bucks on the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Uh, how does that affect teams going forward in terms of COVID vaccination status, what can we expect in the playoffs? And thank you for phrasing it that way. We're here to talk about who's available and the protocols. Yes. We're not trying to talk about the politics of anything. And uh, we talked about the COVID gamesmanship of the Eagles and to some extent the Bengals. And you could call it very smart. You're taking the rules and, and turning it to your advantage. I think the NFL and the NFLPA got together and change the rules and pass some rules that should have these playoffs knock on wood going off without a hitch or minimal hitch and let me explain that i think everyone's biggest nightmare team wise nfl wise and fan wise is let i'll just say the number one seeds okay packers versus the titans are about to face off in the super bowl and uh, a big-time player, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, you name it, test positive and cannot play, right? I think the chances of that happening are relatively low, and I'll explain, but with one asterisk. Who's tested now? It's Monday today. It might be a smart move for the Packers who have the bye anyways and the Titans who have the bye anyways to let their vaccinated players volunteer to test. If they test positive, they just miss five days this week when they don't even know their opponent. They'll get a full week's practice going into next week when they know their opponent. And guess what? Once you're positive, like Aaron Donald, sorry, like Aaron Rodgers was, like Devontae Adams was, you're exempt from testing for 90 days. Aaron Rodgers, if he gets to the Super Bowl, is at zero risk for missing the Super Bowl due to COVID testing. Same with Devontae Adams. It puts it behind you. Now, if you're vaccinated, here are the testing rules. Unvaccinated tests daily still. If you're vaccinated, you're no longer subject to voluntary testing. Sorry, mandatory testing. There's position-specific testing where they'll say the O-line has to test, the D-line has to test. And that could be an issue. But that testing happens on Monday which means you can clear by the Saturday game and certainly Sunday game and Monday game without testing out. All you need is five days and to be afebrile. So even if you do pop positive as a vaccinated person, it shouldn't be a big issue. The third category is uh, you uh, uh, have symptoms. Look, who's going to report symptoms during the playoffs? I mean, 
you're going to say, I'm not saying they're going to plays are going to be dangerous, but if you're a little bit, hey, I got a low grade fever under the weather, you'll probably stay in the corner, wear a mask, stay away from people, and self pseudo quarantine. And do you really think an athletic trainer is going to say, you sure you're okay? I think you need to test for COVID. I mean, they're not trying to get fired, especially late in the week. I'm not saying it's illegal. I'm not saying it's, I mean, I'm just saying it's human nature. Look, the NFL got into the concussion problem because players didn't self-report symptoms, right? That's And, and uh, that was a big access change to, to change all of that. And the final way that you test positive is you volunteer, and that's kind of where we're at. So I think the COVID issue will be a minimal factor because hundreds of players have gotten it already, right? Which means all those are exempt. The vaccinated players... If they are required to test, it's just on Monday, and they'll be back for the games. They might miss practice. The unvaccinated players is my only worry. They still have to test. You brought up Josh Allen. If Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills make it to the Super Bowl, he better be careful because yeah. the last thing you want, it it's almost like you want him to test well, he's going to be mandated to test, but it's almost like you're hoping he popped positive two weeks before the Super Bowl as opposed to two days yeah. before the Super Bowl. Otherwise, you're going to have the Kirk Cousins last minute and you're out and there's nothing that you can do. So Josh Allen still has to test every day regardless. That's the only mild worry. Look, uh, uh, Cole Beasley has gotten a lot of grief that he's unvaccinated. He's out of the woods. He tested positive. He's exempt. Four out of the five Bills offensive line starters are out of the woods. They've tested positive, and, and those guys are vaccinated. Cole Beasley was not, but it doesn't matter. Once you get COVID and you're and you're on the COVID list, you have a get-out-of-jail-free card for 90 days in terms of testing. Josh Allen doesn't have that yet, so I'm sure he's being careful and the Bills are going to be careful because that would be the one explosive one that I would worry about. But otherwise, in general, I think the COVID situation is fairly muted and not as big of a deal as people have made it out to be. And yeah, it's still a big deal in the whole deal. But I think the way the tests are and so forth, I think it's a de minimis impact on teams uh, if you've been vaccinated the way the rules are. Josh Allen is the one example where you got to kind of keep your fingers crossed. All right, well, let's hope that none of this impacts the playoffs and the Super Bowls and it's decided on the field, Doc. Um, of course, we'll be all over the coverage, COVID, injuries, everything, at SixScore.com, at ProFootballDoc on Twitter, and make sure to subscribe to all our videos. We'll have updates throughout the Wild Card Week on all the teams playing. Well, Doc, thanks again. Um, enjoy the games this weekend, and I'll see you next week. Thanks, Thomas.